Hi, mm -hmm. I'm Shivam. Hi, I'm Izzy. And this is Phoenix Chat. Where one of us can read... Which one? You, you find, find out. So, yeah, let's, I guess, start this out by um, talking about why we decided to make this podcast in the first place. So, we are making the Keepers of Order um, animatic, and making episodes is a lot longer than expected, so we decided to make, make like a good like cushion for entertainment between episodes, so that is why we decided to make this and talk about like Dungeons & Dragons as a whole. Yeah, because... We just end up talking about Dungeons and Dragons long enough anyways yeah. that, like, yeah. we might as well just make content out of it, you know? Yeah, <laughs> entertainment for um, others. Yeah, but, um, I guess let's talk first about, um, why we're qualified to, uh, make a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. So, um, Izzy, how many years have you been playing, D&D oh. uh, &D now? <sighs> Since freshman year of college, that's the first time i've been introduced to D dungeons and dragons like um so that's almost seven years that's crazy oh gosh, yeah wow <laughs> <laughs> what about you yeah i first started oh god that was also like sophomore year of high school so that's almost oh geez like six years i kind of thought it would be it was like three years or so but no it's been like it's been like six years yeah. since high school oh no <laughs> time is an illusion yeah you know that first couple of sessions though i think the first ever like D, &D session i played it was all right i kind of hated the absolute first session i ever played because um we did a one shot where we were all level one Ooh. so yeah I, I had, like, a level one paladin, but, like, there was literally no difference between my l level one paladin with 13 health and, like, the um, the monk who basically also had, like, 12 health or something like that, you right. know? So it was all just, like, all of us trying to, like, meld it together. But, like, eventually, freshman year, uh, I eventually started listening to Adventure Zone, um, decided, hey, I, that feels like uh, qualifies me enough to DM. Didn't read any of the books whatsoever. Oh, no. Got no. right into DMing. <laughs> I eventually did end up reading the books and making that campaign better, but boy, oh boy, was the first couple of bits of DMing a mess. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, was, was your first session uh, a bit of a mess, too? So, what happened was, it was during band. Like, uh none of us really knew each other and so one of the guys who played trombone he was like yeah i played Dungeons and dragons i'm gonna dm y'all are gonna play and we're like uh okay so all of us like there was like there was like 10 of us and like 10 is a really big number to start playing Dungeons and dragons because mm -hmm. like the very first like what we call session zero is like prepping and planning what everybody wanted in this campaign but literally none of us knew anything about it so he was like mm -hmm. it was just like three hours of us just trying to make our characters like it was so long and so boring because like i was super confused of what was going on so i just made like an elf ranger lady because i had no idea what was going on um mm -hmm. and then we played a couple sessions after that and then it just kind of died out because like there was too many of us and it was getting really confusing and like none of us knew what was going on <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. Um, it, it's it's a very, like, hard hobby to kind of, like, get into mm -hmm. because, like, it's, um, 
if you do it wrong, it's one of the worst things you've ever experienced. But if you do it right, like, wow, does this hobby oh, like, yeah. seriously give something back to you? Mm -hmm. um, now you've actually had some experience, though. Like, um, I guess let's start out with that. What's your favorite class to, like, play now? So after figuring out different, like, characters, like, different things that I've played, like, in other campaigns, like, weird little one-shots and whatnot, I really like playing a bard. Only because I've grown yeah. up playing musical instruments like for most of my life so like this stuff is like familiar to me and plus i consider myself pretty charismatic to play as a bard <laughs> and i don't play chaotic as i think i do but then i do things and everyone's like wow you just had to and i'm like <laughs> maybe <laughs> even when i'm playing other things they're like dude why are you like trying to be the bard here i'm like i'm not i'm not <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh and what's yours um so i am normally the forever dm uh, of our group um but as i'm kind of like looking over like uh all the classes and stuff like that it's honestly like just recently that i've probably been able to like build this character but um as i'm looking at artificer like Wow, that class is exactly what I want out of a D&D class. I absolutely adore the idea of, like, um, having this insanely complicated, like, um, uh, build where you can select from, like, a bajillion magic items that's, like, constantly expanding with every single book, and you can get, like, these strange and weird combinations, um, nice. as you build your character, I absolutely just, like adore pouring through the books and like figuring out weird combinations uh, to play <laughs> cool so you like more of like the research aspect of like doing all the characters right yeah i always try to like give every single one of my characters good reasons for like the things they do um with all their like um abilities and stuff like that i try not to like just min max but i do enjoy just like making builds that are very like strong mm -hmm. in general mm -hmm. I personally like building characters based off of like stories that I've already made for them, like their backstories, why they act this way, and then choose their class from there. So I choose like the race and their backstory, like what I want like them to act and like to feel with other characters before I even choose a class because then I can figure out like, oh, she will be a rogue or he will be a paladin because of this, this, this. Yeah, no, it's honestly like, uh, uh, a very good note as we head into our first topic here, um, how do we, like, build, like, our characters, like, backstories and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, yeah, no, I've always seen, like, a, some people always, like, decide for, like, classes and stuff first, but I always, like, really like being able to start off with, like, the concept of the character first, and oh, yeah. then, like, switching to the class later. Mm -hmm. Um, like, I was, uh, talking, uh, with one of my friends who plays, um, boondock in the phoenix heart recap that uh if you guys have seen that um and um what he basically said was as he built boondock he basically like um he wanted a character that was like this western trope um and after he figured out like i wanted to be like this um uh western character he kind of started like deciding up forwards like um okay what could kind of like fit this class um or sorry what could kind of fit this uh character idea mm -hmm. um I think the beauty of Dungeons and Dragons is that like it's so customizable with like the classes and stuff oh, yeah. like that and the flavor and the aesthetics that like literally he could have been any class in the game and still like justified it with like flavor. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah. He is uh, 
Like, the easiest thing is obviously just a fighter, um, but, like, he could have easily just been a, uh, a wizard uh, with, like, an arcane focus that looks like a, um, a gun uh, as he fires off, like, um, magic um, shots from it. Mm-hmm. Um, he is currently just, like, a bard because he absolutely loves, like, the idea of, like, the Western music and, like, the lone guitar and, like, the prairie oh, yeah. hunts. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely a, a great character. Oh, yeah, Boondock is such a great character. Mm-hmm. Like, we just um, finished Boondock's arc, and boy, howdy, it was so good. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was, it was really fun to DM. Um, but in terms of, like, giving, like, our listeners, like, um, advice on how to, like, build character backstories, I would recommend, again, like, starting out with the trope and, like, if you look at TV tropes, for example, TV tropes is an extremely good oh, like, yeah. resource for that. I actually um, based Juliet kind of off a of K drama. Like mm-hmm. K dramas have such like if you don't know what K drama is, it means Korean drama. So like if you see telenovelas or like soap operas, it's that, but based in Korea. That's that's it. And um I <laughs> I really like watching those. And there's like a lot of like really cliche tropes, but I like I really like it because it's kind of cheesy, but like it works because you know what's gonna happen and uh mm-hmm. that is how i built juliet she is a uh kitsune rogue but i'll explain more of that probably in the phoenix part recap uh but that's how i based my character mm-hmm. off and then i just kind of went from there like oh she's gonna be a rogue mm-hmm. um yeah and it, it's really nice you actually noted that you kind of like based off like um an, an existing property and stuff oh, like yeah. that because like um i also really enjoy like uh, building characters and NPCs off of, like, um, pre-existing characters, um, because, like, I think it's a very good, like, place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially if you have because, no like, idea where to start. Yeah, exactly. Because even if you end up, like, ripping a character just from, like, a media and just, like, completely just, like, inserting it into, like, your DM's world, the character's going to act, like, ever so slightly different because, like, you're playing that character, or the characters can act slightly different because, like, he interacts with, uh, different characters and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, like, the, the cliches and tropes, um, don't become cliches anymore because you're interacting with so many, like, other things and other, like, um, characters that, like, you, you basically can make this your own, like, uh, idea. Uh Um, the, the next thing I also really like doing then once I build, like, characters is, like, finding plot hooks in, like, the DM's lore. Um, oh, yeah. Because as a DM, I absolutely love, love, love when my players decide that they, like, like an, an, uh, my world enough that they're going to, like, place um, parts of their characters' backstories in it. It makes them feel, like, so alive and, like, a part of the world in, mm-hmm. like, a, a whole. Yeah, no. Um, are there any things that you as a player decide, like, um... If you look, if you see like a DM like lore document or anything like that, you're immediately like, oh, I need to like fixate on like those kinds of things. Like, I have these questions about the world. My every single time that I start a campaign, like either as a player or a DM, one of my first things is um, religion, because there's a lot of like mm-hmm. classes that are based around religion, like clerics, especially paladins, that kind of thing. Um, like, what gods are in these uh, in this world, and then after that i kind of base the world more so about what kind of characters they want to play so like say there's like a lot of people who want to do like a water genasi then obviously i'm gonna have a lot more like sea or lakes or rivers around um Mm -hmm. and just kind of base it solely off that kind of stuff like 
session zero, I keep referring back to that, is like something where the DM can help plan what they can introduce with like plot hooks and whatnot based solely around the characters so everybody can get involved and nobody's like feels left out. Yeah, no, I definitely think it's so, so important to have that like session zero where like everyone um, understands like uh, what the world is and what like um, the world's about. Um, and you can all kind of like pitch your ideas into like the DM's lore and like um, help him, uh, him or her like flesh it out mm-hmm. a lot better. It, it, it's definitely a very good part of like the the D and D process. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think like, the next thing is probably like how about alignment, for example. Ooh. Yeah. Do you decide alignment then, like, um, just based off like the character and the personality, or like? I do it based off the character and personality. Um, also, depending on session zero as well, because sometimes people, ev- it's not a lot of times that I play D and D, but there's like there's a few instances people play like chaotic evil, and it just mm-hmm. kind of like doesn't mesh well with like everybody who wants to play like like a good character and stuff it's just very awkward um Mm -hmm. and some people don't even want like yeah let's not introduce any of those characters because it's like really hard to play with and it is um so i Mm -hmm. normally go toward the neutral kind of alignment um this is uh when i play juliet this is actually the first time i played good like completely like Mm -hmm. not completely but like chaotic good um to be honest I'd actually argue that, like, Juliet's, like, chaotic neutral, but, like, the way chaotic neutral's supposed to be played. Yeah. Um, and, like, yeah. I, I really enjoy that I can trust you to play a chaotic neutral character without, like, going completely overboard. Oh, yeah. Like, the thing I see with chaotic neutral characters is they're just, like, completely inconsistent, and they just kind of, like do whatever they um want to do that'll just like, completely screw over like the party without any sort of consideration i um, i mean or... i have <laughs> i mean you have but like on accident it's consistent and it's for a good reason it's like <laughs> um the thing that i absolutely hate is a chaotic neutral character that just like has an inconsist- inconsistent set of traits, you know? Mm-hmm. Juliet uh, does things that'll screw over the party, like, because she has very good reasons to, and, like, you don't even have to tell me the reasons, because, like, I can see it from the roleplay, like, exactly what the reasons are that yeah. cause her to do this. Mm-hmm. Impulsive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit impulsive, uh, yes. Not a little, a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it, it works out, though, because, like, um, and I think this is the biggest thing in character building. You understand that you need to play off of characters. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest thing that you absolutely need to figure out while you're building a character is how do you play off of characters? And will this be fun to play off of characters like that? Um, yes. Because like having characters like goals that kind of clash with each other, it's it's fun because like, um, for example, like in the party, Boondock's a very like lawful good character. Um, who's like um almost like sc- always scolding your uh your very chaotic rogue oh yeah, um, yeah. constantly but the thing is like you two will clash but like you know when to compromise as players and let each other like win in these like back and forth here so no one kind of feels like their character's being cheated out or like if you actually you're actually just getting into like an actual argument as yes. players anymore there is a very big difference between getting in an argument in roleplay and as your characters versus getting in an argument as like your actual selves as people. There's a big, big difference. Mm-hmm. Something else I actually do want to talk about like with this is that like um 
you also know when to like play into others' characters. So yes. Citing an example from our campaign, there Boondock again. He's the very like lawful good uh, sheriff, and so like when you got in tr big big trouble, which <laughs> we can get into later. <laughs> I and you realized like how yeah and you realized uh how how deep of a hole you've dug yourself into you were actually like scared of boondock and like actually like apologetic and you like you played into his character which i again i just really really appreciate that like you um did it make it another worse player, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you helped another character like role play and like it made that character's role play so much better because like oh, yes. you actually like scared a boondock afterwards. Yes. Like you when when playing with other people, you really have to like understand everybody's like play style and role play style. Cause not a lot of people like really mm. get into role play. Some people really just like action. Um I've been with mm -hmm. both. Personally, I like the role play side of things because it just brings out everybody's character a lot more and it's a lot more fun to play with like other mm -hmm. people and like different personalities clashing because boondock is very like quiet stoic like lawful lawful good right and julia mm. is super loud impulsive and chaotic so it's really fun to like, <laughs> watch and like interact and how everybody else reacts to them yeah no i you also bring up a good point there with like um a, a campaign being like a very like role play centric uh versus like combat centric i try to have like an even mix of those but i think like what can happen a lot uh, as a dm is that like it's very very easy to set up combat it's much harder to figure out when you try to like set up role play and so like it's very easy to fall into the trap where like uh, a DD session just becomes combat with just like you know um punching numbers and not really like leaning into any sort of like the role play side of yes. things i guess how about this how do you guys as players kind of know like when you can kind of like go off with the role play compared to like um the times where i kind of like set up the like, uh, combat heavy sessions i think it's it's really hard to uh for me i can tell because i'm very good at like adapting and reading people and how they speak that's just that's just me personally not like as a player or anything but i can tell when mm -hmm. conversation starts to dry up and they're not sure what else to say other than like oh yeah we should like get going like eh. and then after mm -hmm. that i kind of i like to help take charge in these kinds of things because i can tell when people don't really know what else to do or what else to say so i mm. normally take charge and i'm like oh let's go to this cave that looks like it's glowing ominously and they're like oh yeah let's go yeah. and then it like leads into a combat but it also helps yeah. if like the dm also starts like hinting like hey do you want to roll perception or something because like when we're like oh is there something around us and then that like helps spark back like oh maybe there's combat maybe there's like something yeah that definitely kind of helps i would also recommend by the way for like any dms are trying to like get their party to, like a role play a little more and they're just like uncertain in how to do it because like um with this party i don't have to like tell you guys yeah. anything and like as soon as there's any sort of downtime you guys will just immediately start like talking to yourselves uh, in character mm -hmm. um but like with the previous party that i had some of the characters weren't quite characters some of the characters were basically just like the player 
but they are a rogue, you know? Yeah. And I think what kind of, like, helped me there and was kind of, like, easing them into, like, a, a place where they could actually roleplay was that I would literally, like, kind of stop the game and kind of say that, like, uh, well, as you guys are, like, traveling down the road, the topic of conversation slowly uh, shifts to, like, um, why you guys became adventurers or, like, uh, what did you guys think about, like, the, um the new like revelation about like your party member or something like that you know share scar stories like yeah and oh i guess we should probably touch on this as we're talking about um, character building how do you come up with a good like arc for your character mm. yeah that's a good question because like i've seen a lot of backstories that are like you have a lot of traits and characters and stuff like that but like for for my kind of campaigns what ends up happening is that like um i do a lot of like um plots and stuff that revolve around like characters and stuff like that and like how they change and grow after this like character arcs um yes but like if i don't have anything or any idea like how you want to change your character it becomes infinitely harder for me to try and figure that out yeah <laughs> personally so both of us have played like as characters and dm so that sorry that mm -hmm. that should you know be mentioned I am running a campaign right now, and how I did it is they gave me their characters, and I just kind of, like, sat down and fleshed out this really good, like, plot with, like, A, and then you go A to B. Like, A is how they start, what tavern they're starting in, blah, 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 and then B is, like, the very end, what is their end goal, how can they get there, X, Y, Z. The in-between, though, I just add little plot hooks here and there, just kind of go with it. I, for me, I really like them to interact with the world, them to like, they're really smart and it makes me so mad because sometimes <laughs> I have to skip all of this stuff that I plotted out and they're like, oh, it's her. She's the bad guy. I'm like, God, how the heck did you know it was the bad guy? She's like, oh, because she spoke celestial, not uh, demonic. And I was like, how did you know that? <laughs> how did you do that? Because they take such good notes. I think that's another thing I should mention like, when you're being a player. Mm -hmm note-taking is so nice because sometimes you forget about things and um, looking back at your notes like the other day I was like you uh, asked why we were going to this place called Soliana and I was like oh because we need to find this true sight uh, seeing spell so we can go find the bad yeah, guy. Everybody else forgot about that. Yeah I was like oh I know this I was reading my notes the other day I know what's going on. <laughs> um yeah, no. Note-taking is, like, uh, it, it's very, like, uh, helpful when you're a DM, but oh, yeah. sometimes it really shoots you in the foot. Yes, <laughs> um, yes. Because I, my absolute favorite thing to do as a DM is just, like, have a very, like, simple thing set up, but, like, if weeks or, like, um, even, like, multiple weeks, like, pass between sessions, it's very, very easy for players to forget, like, the tiny little details that happened. So, like, you can say, like, remember, like, when this happened, like, uh, two sessions ago? And they all go, like, holy shit, wait a second. Oh, the stars that's have aligned. Yeah, no, I, I really, really enjoy that. So, I guess with that, and then building, um, your world and stuff like that, um, you said it's just kind of like yeah point a point b and then like afterwards it's just kind of like smaller character oriented sessions um yeah i think what i've been most surprised about as a dm is that like how simple the overarching plot should be yeah because like 
and the moment-to-moment -moment stuff is why where you can make it like confusing it's well not confusing but like more complicated and like adding those like interactions and details about the world mm -hmm. um but honestly just having a very simple script of like you need to defeat this like this evil person um or like collect all these like um magic items or something like that it's it's very simple and easy to get into and like you can just add so much more detail into like the moment to moment gameplay oh yeah oh yeah i think i think i'm really like i will ask this question and i'm going to answer the question and then you can answer this question um <laughs> what was one of your favorite as a dm to watch or like to listen or whatever your players mm. do and mine was actually that happened actually last week it was so good I made every single person in our uh, party cry. And oh <laughs> my god, because um, I like to play music over my, um, not like like hardcore, like loud music with like words, but like ambiance music to just kind of like set the mood. Like you could listen to tavern music, like, or like battle music from like your favorite video game or something like that, just to like set the mood a little bit more to get everybody like into, like, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna fight this thing. Well, I decided to, play avatar the last airbender music and uh. <laughs> it was so good because everything lined up like super nice while they were like role-playing and interacting with npcs and whatnot and it came to a point where one of the characters found out that an evil npc was their mom and their mom sacrificed herself to save their party and their daughter by getting killed and as that moment was happening, Leaves from the Vine started playing and all of us started to cry. I was like tearing oh up as God. I'm explaining what's going on like in the scene. And it was so good. And once we finally ended that session, I we all like took a step back and was like, how we feel it? And everyone's like, why are you <laughs> like this? I'm like, eh. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um... <laughs> I, I think my favorite moment is again like very very similar to that. We had just found out that the paladins, uh, his like idols basically, um, this like the first like order of paladins uh, ever. They had built like this um, giant keep, and he found like the ruins of it when he was like passing through like the uh, the initiation trial of it. And at like the last part of the trial, the paladin was the only person who like. Um, remembered uh his memories as like everyone else was trapped in these like illusory worlds that reflected like their hearts like greatest desires oh my gosh. um and so like even like um the rogue who like just was here for like the combat and didn't care about literally anything else he got into like the role play and started like asking the paladin like who he was and like why he was like uh aboard his like uh cool ship and everything like that and everyone got these like cool like character moments where like they just like uh, I wasn't talking to my friends anymore. I was talking to like the characters um, in the campaign, and I could just sit back and just let them talk in character and just listen and uh, nice. to them. And I think that's what's just really special about this game is that like if you get into it for long enough, every so often you'll just get those special moments where like you're there in the world and mm -hmm. you're just experiencing it. Yes, um, I I definitely have gotten lost in in role play very very easily because I've been acting since I was in fifth grade up to now, mm -hmm. and getting lost in a character is so nice because you think in the moment of your character, not what not what you would do personally. Like for example, I would never ever ever go into somebody's mausoleum 
and steal from the dead. <laughs> but Juliet would because she thinks differently than I do. She thinks like, oh, I can help and mm -hmm. stop this. This isn't grave robbing until the moment where they're like, you just grave robbed. She's like, oh, yeah, I just did. <laughs> yeah, I think those are the characters I also really like um, seeing people play. Um is uh, characters who are like, their mindsets are so, so different from uh, their own. So for example, we have like uh, our, our tiny little uh, frog merchant. Oh yes, um, Hopscotch. I love her. It, <laughs> it's very, very fun to see uh, one of my friends just like get into this like mindset of this very, very like innocent character who just like doesn't understand anything about the world and is like experiencing it for the first time. And I think it's kind of rough too, because like um, at times like she, the player will have like an insight or like some knowledge about the situation, but she can't express it as her very like silly, um, naive character. Because, of course, like, Hopscotch doesn't know anything. Um, There's this running joke that yeah. nobody knows how to read in our campaign except for one person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and to be fair, we haven't tested that yet. We still have not <laughs> tested it yet, you were right. But for now, one of us knows how to read. Oh my god. But yeah, no, I guess, um, how do you, like, do that sort of thing where, like, you have, like, a character moment where, like, um, you the player knows something but your character absolutely doesn't know that or like your character wouldn't do it how do you like get into that mindset where you can like do that and not kind of feel frustrated <laughs> so so we are about to start a new campaign based in like icewind dale and mm -hmm. i i like to try and play different uh classes that i've never played before and i've never played a paladin and i really i i normally always make like super complex characters with like like really quirky like fun charming personalities but this time i was like you know what i'm gonna play the dumbass like absolute <laughs> one brain cell paladin super tall lady who has no fucking clue what's going on so what i like to do is for one i try to think of somebody that resembles that whether that be on like tv whether that be like a celebrity that i know or something like that um, some of it actually came from Jester from Critical Role. I'm not sure if any of you have mm. heard of that. I mean, it's pretty big, but you know, uh, like, yeah, she's super intelligent, but like how she plays the character is like super dumb and it's so funny. So I kind mm. of like liked that idea. And so I wanted to roll with it. And I also kind of got some inspiration from Hopscotch, the character itself. Cause I was like, I love mm. this, but yeah. hiding information based on like yourself versus playing as your character it's it's kind of hard and i have to like bite my tongue to not say anything like <laughs> out of character because obviously that's that's kind of defeats the purpose of them trying to figure it out for themselves in character so what i like to do is i like to keep like a little notepad or something like that to write it down myself so i don't forget and then maybe try to hint at it in character like oh hey there's a lever here we should pull it or something like that. Yeah, I, I think that's a good like little middle ground there where like, especially though if like the party's like struggling and then you the player are the only person who would like know this information. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I really like that. I'm also honestly just really looking forward to like being able to play in this campaign because so we're like both playing in the Icewind Dale campaign together. So I'm going to be looking forward to like interacting with uh, you as a character in that way. Oh yeah. Especially because like 
Nina seems like such a different character from Juliet and just like seeing like people like kind of play like this characters for like a long time you kind of like see like the parts of their personality that they've injected like into that character I think like uh the the, the first time that happened for me was that like um in the, the last campaign the person who played Boondock he was playing like a very like um a trickster like warlock who like resolved things with his like silver tongue and was literally just like the most chaotic person in that party and now he's the most like a lawful good straight edge person in the, the party one that, that actually um, makes sense <laughs> out of all of us mm-hmm. i absolutely adore that because like it, it, it was like weird the first couple of times seeing him like be like this weird lawful character all of a sudden instead of like this like insane trickster mm-hmm. But it's just really nice to see like the the depths like um some other like role players can do with all these like different characters. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's very exciting to watch too. Oh, some smaller questions that we've uh, gotten from some people you've told about this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. So, uh, one of the most interesting questions that uh, someone asked was, um, "Can you play D and D wrong?" And I really really like this question. At a like uh a base level just like raw instinct i want to say no just because on the basis of like as long as you and your like friends are having fun at the table it is no one else's business like yes how you decide to play it and stuff like i that. agree but i also understand like um the idea of like uh other players play styles not meshing with your own um yes or like other people being like rude and like uh interruptive um yes that play style wouldn't like mesh with mine and stuff like that um mm-hmm. or like yeah. breaking um, boundaries which have been clearly set in like session zero like for example like i don't want to see like self-harm or suicide and anything mm-hmm. of this campaign and somebody just up and does it and you're like whoa 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 that's not okay that that i think is a good mm-hmm. example of like playing the game wrong like everybody should be on the same level like yeah your characters can clash and you can argue and stuff like that and try to like work together but there are certain things like i think even on the outside world is kind of like yeah we should not do that yeah so i i guess the answer then would be um as long as you aren't like detracting from the fun of other people at your table you are always playing the game right yeah but like because, again, it's just, it's a very co-op focused game. Yes. And, like, your fun is so dependent on, like, the people around you also, like, buying in uh, to this world. Mm-hmm. But as long as all of you are having fun together, there's literally no way to play D&D wrong. Mm-hmm. The other interesting question, where I'm not exactly certain how to answer, um, is that, like, um, there's people, I, I believe some of your friends, like, uh, aren't quite into, like, a... D&D and stuff like that and they just like have seen the media and stuff like that yes. how do you know what to do when you're like playing a character or when you're DMing and like at this point it's just been so ingrained into my mind yeah. that like it's it's hard to break down the process of like oh god what are the things that I'm thinking while I DM you know <laughs> so I would say as like if you're getting into d and I'm assuming you're gonna start as a character or as a player because you're not really sure what to DM or anything. So Mm. I would just do research on like, how do you build a character or ask your DM? Because I'm assuming your DM is going to start telling you like, hey, you should play and entice you to play. So basically Mm. I would just do research 
on like what you personally like out of like things. So the first thing you do when starting to build a character and stuff like that is like what race you want to play. So there's like human, tiefling, uh, triton, genasi, anything. And based off what you like, because I like I like playing genasi because it's kind of like Avatar: The Last Airbender. I know I keep referencing that, but I really like that mm. show. Um, <laughs> and um, I like firebending, so I was like, oh, that firebend. That's super cool. Like, you know, I like that. So that's what I chose. And then somebody like your DM, I'm assuming, will explain what the classes can do. And you can read what the different classes can do. So like a cleric can heal. Or like a, pal a paladin is like a tank. Or like uh, a bard is like kind of like a trickster who can like do other things. It's just nice to have like a different like mix up of characters. So that's kind of my advice to start like get into it. Just do some research or listen to a podcast like this <laughs> i also listen to some like live play podcasts too like mm -hmm. critical role adventure zone dungeons and daddies yeah no mm -hmm. all those are like very great at like just breaking down like the the general flow of the game um because it it, it, it becomes like so much easier to kind of like figure out when you kind of realize like oh you're basically just like an actor and you're just like um doing the things that like the the character you're playing would do in game as a character mm -hmm. yeah when it comes to DMing, though, and again, like, you probably should start as a player if you're able to, but to be perfectly honest, I did actually just start as a DM with no experience whatsoever and end up fine. <laughs> what uh, I would first do is that, like, um, look up a lot of guides and stuff like that. I would actually read the DMG. Yes. Um, as well as all the books and stuff like that, because like uh, as the DM, you're unfortunately in the role of like you need to know the rules the most out of every single one of the players at the table. Mm -hmm. But in terms of like the moment to moment gameplay, I think the main goal of a DM is you're trying to always like um, you're trying to do things to get players to react to it. And you're trying to set up events that will like um give players meaningful choices about like what they can do next and like what they want to do in order to like achieve their goal um mm -hmm. so yeah it's a cycle of setting up a goal setting up uh events they can take to get to the goal and as soon as they get to the goal they have something that they react to um yes. and then like repeat that cycle over and over again i think that is a very good explanation yeah so you've uh dm by the way and then yes. have you ever like finished a campaign before by the way or so we i've only ever finished one campaign and it was on new year's of last year <laughs> for 20 when the, the end of 2019 start of 2020 and it was this really crack headed campaign <laughs> like i personally have never actually played a pre-written campaign before i normally do homebrew stuff and homebrew means like the DM has full control over like what's the world, what's going on, versus a pre-written one is um, something that's like already written for you, like what gods are there, what people are there, NPCs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it was just a whole mess of things. <laughs> but that is the only one that I've actually finished. So, and I, I haven't actually like finished completely as a player before. So I'm really excited with the campaigns that I'm in, and I'm in three different campaigns right now as a player and i'm dming one yeah um how long did that campaign end up like lasting by the way oh it's it was really hard because we were all in college and we were all super stressed out so we didn't really have a consistent uh, yeah. like meeting i guess and um 
players kept dropping in and out like all the time. So it was really, it's really hard to tell. But I think it lasted like six, seven months. Yeah, that's about like, I think average for like a campaign. I think my last campaign lasted like about that, like seven, eight months-ish. Um, I think after like about a year passes, like in real time, like that's about the point where everyone's kind of like starting to get like, oh, we can start like wrapping this up and like heading to like new characters and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like at that point, like, all the stories of the world might be like exhausted and uh, you might just be kind of like dragging things out. I've always much preferred to like end a campaign while it's still good than like just have it like peter out yeah. uh, from just like nothing else being there in the world. How long have we been doing this campaign that we're in? Um, I believe we started in November, so that would make it four, four months, months in. Oh my god, it does not feel like four months, I will say that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, because like. I normally kind of expected, like, that that first arc, like, when I normally do arcs, it ends up being, like, two, three sessions, and that one ended up being, like, five or six sessions, but, like, it was fine, because, like, everyone seemed was cool with it, everyone, like, really liked where the story was going and everything like that. Um, Oh, yeah. It's one of those things where, like, in my last group, what ended up happening was that, like, I would give them, like, a combat... And then they would just, like, head to the next combat with, like, no, like, reactions whatsoever. You know, like, they, it was just he- heading through the dungeon without any sort of, like, roleplay unless I, like, requested roleplay. Uh. Um, and, like, with you guys, you guys will literally just, like, roleplay even, like, during the combat and everything. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, which, which is really, really nice because, like, I appreciate that you guys will make bad in-character decisions for the sake of roleplay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah nice <laughs> to give an example um hops uh again that uh little froggy uh monk in one of the last fights we had <laughs> what she decided to do was um first she aggroed um out of the enemies where before any of the party could get like a long rest and basically charged him by herself two immediately after uh aggroing all the enemies she proceeded to basically not attack them and like um just dived underwater because she was kind of scared of like the uh creatures and i think third she also like oh yeah she also like hung out in like the water or something like that with like one of the like creatures as like it was about to take some like lightning damage or something yeah just ended up damaging herself and we were all like oh my god (laughs) yeah um it was a really good moment because like as a character that makes so much sense for Hops. like she's a very like impulsive child and like of course she's just going to like immediately rush in without like hearing what anyone else um has to say um but like strategy wise you know that uh almost knocked her out it wouldn't have killed her for sure but like it was definitely like not great (laughs) i think i think hops and morgan who's a halfling uh uh fighter yeah mm-hmm. are the only two who haven't been knocked out in this campaign i know i have like yeah. a bunch of times because i'm very squishy as a rogue but <laughs> you're very squishy and you also decide to one taunt every enemy you see and two never disengage from every enemy you see I mean, despite being the squishiest character in the do, you, do you really think juliet would do that though because i don't that's fair she and also 90 percent of the time you forget uncanny dodge and you just kind of get hit yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, Juliet decides to call 
everyone damsels and flip people off. That's just kind of... <laughs> I'm really glad I gave you every single... The ability to learn every single language in the game with one of your weapons. Oh, um, oh yeah. So you can call people damsels in every fight. <laughs> oh, what was the quote yeah. that I had? Hold on. Fuck you, damsel asshole, fuck. And then we were like, well, she's gonna die, and that's gonna be her last words. Yeah, fuck you, damsel asshole, fuck. Yep. And then the fucking sea serpent grabbed you and dragged you in the water. Yeah. <laughs> and I respect that, honestly. Oh, yeah. I respect that. If that's how she would have <laughs> and that would have been her last words, I would have been totally okay with that. I would have been sad, <laughs> but I would have been okay with it. You know, I very much enjoy the um, bad decisions <laughs> you guys make. Um, so many. Yeah. And as long as, like, the rest of the party and, like, and your table is cool with it, I definitely think you should, like, introduce the idea of, like, bringing in, like, bad character decisions and stuff like that. Because, like, um, I know it's a, it's a bad argument to make. And I know, like, there's a lot of, like, bad stories about, like, it's what my character would do. But in this case, like, um, it's it's more like getting into character versus actively trying to screw over the party at any yes. given turn. You yes. know, I think that's the important distinction. Yeah. Have you ever had any stories like that? Any horror stories of like it's what my character would do or anything like that, or like anybody uh, can like, quite understand? Yes. Yeah. People so, getting in the character or not in character. <laughs> yes. So I started. I I was a DM for this. Like I have played a DM really for the most part until this last year and i'm like oh my gosh i'm a player this is nice um there was mm -hmm. this guy and he played a chaotic evil character and literally he was a gnome i don't even remember what he was but he was like a gnome and he literally would just go around just stabbing everyone claiming oh this is what my character would do oh this is what my character would do and i'm like you're just being a dick at this point dude like you don't need to stab mm -hmm. people for no reason like it's i get it you're chaotic evil but like this is your party who we're supposed mm -hmm. to work together for like don't don't do this and that campaign yeah. obviously did not last very long yeah no it, it's a very like similar thing where like um did you ever like complain about them like getting like what, did you get arrested or anything like that by your dm or like something like that i Was mean we i tried to but like it didn't he just didn't get the memo i guess it was it was a very bad mm. campaign so it didn't last very long anyway i think it lasted like mm -hmm. a session or like two maybe I, I've definitely had that, you know, uh, so one of my, fr I, I DM for like one of my, um, just a group of like friends and stuff like that. And like, one of them was kind of certain that it was more like a Skyrim sort of thing where like they could just do whatever they wanted to with like no consequences. And so they like, I had an NPC who was like, um, you know, like, uh, offering them like the next quest line. And like, as I'm giving like a, a little bit of like exposition, I swear I'm like, only 10 uh, minutes in as they're just like asking him a couple of questions and then he just immediately pipes up and says can I just like stab this guy or something would that like break the campaign and I said yes obviously why would why, why would you why would you want to yeah yeah um and he just kind of shrugged me so, mm, bored um like cool cool yeah but there there are like mm -hmm. the weird few instances where sometimes Sometimes the weird impulsiveness works, and it just mm -hmm. makes it super funny. Like what happened last night. <laughs> last night, um, uh, Morgan, uh, the halfling, dropped oh my God. a glass, and mm -hmm. we were all super paranoid. Well, just my character and Morgan were paranoid because a an NPC like backstabbed us, and so we were super paranoid over everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
the glass didn't break. And we all were like, what does this mean? And without <laughs> hearing what the NPC had to say, Juliet picked up the glass and just slammed it straight against the wall. And she's like, well, if you'd let me explain, it's a superstition of luck. And we're like, oh, <laughs> oops. Yeah. I also want to just double explain what happened there because I feel like it might have all. It, it, I feel like it really went over your guys' head for some reason. <laughs> oh yeah, um, it definitely did. Do you know what the uh, the main feature of the halfling is like in the like race description? Isn't it just like luck based? Like they're super lucky like all the time. Yeah, one of their feet. One of their traits is literally the lucky feet. Mm. Um, and like, or not the lucky feet. It's it's the lucky trait. But like, when they roll a one, they can just like re-roll, re-roll that it. number, which yeah. is crazy. Yeah, and so like because Morgan had a thing that made him lucky, like I figured like okay, what does that mean then in like the context of like uh, other things? Maybe he's just luckier in general. And mm-hmm. so I like wanted to play with that, and then you guys <laughs> ran away like a burned dog um, <laughs> as you immediately panicked, assumed I was trying to hurt you. <laughs> Pulled out all your weapons and immediately were like, Who, who's trying to attack us? Who's trying to kill us? Yeah. How have I hurt? You have given us PTSD. <laughs> who hurt me? Hmm, the lady who we helped pick up from the ground and lost our memory and started attacking everyone. <sighs> See, but it's moments like that where you can look back and just laugh at it because, like, it's just yeah. it's just so fucking funny. But, like, when you mm-hmm. explain this to other people, they're like, why the fuck would you throw a glass? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to explain. <laughs> yeah, but it's just, that's know. like, <laughs> you just have to know. That's, that's why yeah. I love, like, the beauty of Dungeons & Dragons because it's like, this whole thing could be like an inside joke. Like you could just laugh with each mm. other about it. And then when you try to explain it to somebody else, they're like, I have no fucking idea what you're talking about. Um, mm. Like even watching like Dungeons and Dragons, like can't like different campaigns, um, like Critical Role, for example, like Jester has this giant lollipop where she could just bat mm. people like straight in the face. And I think that's hilarious. And other people are like, what? 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 A lollipop? What do you mean? And it's just, it's just things like that. You create good memories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, it, it's also one of those things too, where like your characters would like, um, it, it makes sense that your characters are just like nervous and like panicked and stuff like that. Because like you guys have not like, it, it's been a rough, uh, last couple of sessions. I will admit, oh, yes. <laughs> especially after the NPC betrayal. Um, so yeah. much. I, I, that's why I try to at least give you like, one right down the middle session where like nothing bad happens you guys get to chill with some hot springs for a little bit <laughs> uh, that's what you think and then um, anxiety we're like ah, creepy tarot readings yeah. oh my god jesus emerges <laughs> from um, a cave oh. <laughs> yeah i i think that also those kind of things just work because like boondock is the voice of reason and just like tempers your the party from like getting too absolutely too insane yes yeah i cannot recommend enough like um having a party dynamic that's like um at least one like very chaotic character and like one lawful character if like those two players are very yeah it balances out if those two players are very good at like being at odds without like um killing each each other's toes or that yeah (laughs) i mean if you're just gonna say it yes yeah (laughs) 
again it, it's so so hard to have the like party dynamic where like you just don't end up like um murdering each other outright but if you can get the like special like uh balance where like um both of you guys still like play your characters without like um uh undermining each other it's so so good oh it's so, so good so it. this this campaign very especially that we're in i think is really really good like the juliet versus boondock dynamic so good with all that i think we can probably start wrapping up here mm-hmm. yeah that sounds good <laughs> all right so um yeah i hope you guys enjoyed our first little discussion as we just talked about world building and such um as we continue with uh more of the um phoenix heart recaps we're going to probably start talking a little more in depth about like the campaign session by session Mm -hmm. and just like the weird things that happened and like our thoughts and like opinions throughout the entire process yes yeah and then if you guys have any like uh questions you're like let us know in like the comments feel free to shoot us like dms on instagram thank you guys so much for listening yeah Um, i'm just driving in but yeah i agree with everything (laughs) they say (laughs) (laughs) and we'll see you again for next week's episode yay